be doing part three today uh, of the butterfly effect. You know, and so uh, this is really um, what we've been going over the last three weeks. You know, uh, can we get that first point? We have said that the butterfly effect is simple. A small change makes a big difference. You know, and there's so many areas of our lives that need changes, right? Even a small change can make a a great big difference. And a lot of times that change that we do in our lives isn't even for us. It could be for other people. Amen. And so this is this is the the butterfly effect we've been talking about. We've been talking about changing uh, changing our thoughts and our words. And today, here in a little bit, we're going to get into uh, changing our actions. So that's going to be our focus point today. But uh, before I do, I was just uh, you know praying and studying this week, and I was just like, God, you know, what's a really good illustration of something that uh, like this butterfly effect, a, a change that made a, a big difference, you know? And he he gave it to me pretty quick. And so. If y'all want to hop on a little time journey with me and, and go back into time, about six or seven years ago, uh, December 2012, I was in Michigan. I was still like a crazy Yankee that y'all probably, well, you definitely didn't know and you probably didn't like or would like. <laughs> but, uh, and so I was getting ready to hop on a Greyhound bus and move down to this place called Arab, Alabama. And I thought it was pronounced Arab. Because that's how it reads. <laughs> if you're not from here, you don't know it's pronounced Arab. Anyway, and so this is where I'm at in my life. And I'm getting ready to enter into a place called the Sunshine House. Any Sunshine House? Well, here, there we go. We only had the men's house then, but now we have a woman's house. Praise God. I'm a proud graduate of the Sunshine House. God used it to radically wreck my life restore my relationship with him, and to empower me to, to live for him in the world. Amen? You know, and so, you know, but before I came to the sun, before I came down here, this thing had been under a process. You know, the leaders of our church, headed by Pastor Keith, Pastor Rick, leaders, elders of this church, they've seen a need. You know, the world's a dark, hurting, broken place. They saw the need. They saw there needed to be a change so that they can make a difference. D.K. Mitchell, he donated his house to this cause. That's somebody who believes in something, right? And so, you know, that's all good. Well, I'm not saying that just to, to say, look at this person or this person. God gets the glory. But, you know, they saw the need. They saw the change. Amen? And so, you know, you could say, where did that start, that idea, that thought of seeing, seeing what needed to be changed? Does it start with... Pastor Rick, who, who, had, who felt called to do it, who felt called to, to the mission, you know? Or does it start with Pastor Keith, who preached that message that, that Sunday that changed Pastor Rick's life, that spoke to Rick and, and called him out? <laughs> or does it go back to Papa Larry, maybe, who uh, raised a little boy named Keith, you know, before he became a pastor and, and showed him what it looks like to live for Jesus? Or, you know, does it go back even farther? That's the only, that's to the extent of the story I know. (laughs) I can tell you one thing, though, it does. It goes back and back. It's eternal, guys. That's the butterfly effect. Amen? And so I know that's kind of a big change. We're kind of talking about small changes incrementally over time make a big change. But it doesn't matter. Any change. Amen? Amen? So, so this is what, we, uh, what we're looking at, we're focusing on, this butterfly effect, amen? 
And so, it, you know who Steve Jobs is? He, uh, he's the guy who invented Apple. I think he's passed away now. He said, those who are crazy enough to change the world usually do. That's a sobering thought, right? So are you crazy enough to believe that your change can make a difference? D.K. Mitchell, he donated his house. I think he was crazy enough to believe in that cause. Amen. Are you that crazy? Are you? You know, but the change has to start with us, right? We have to identify what the Lord's telling us we need to change. Sometimes we know. Sometimes he needs to kind of kick us and say, I want you to change this, you know? Okay? So, can we get that first point? If you could change your life, would you? We said, is there anything in your life that you would like to change? Identify it. I think it's fair to say we all know we have changes in our lives, the things that we want to change, things that we see that we don't like about ourselves. You know, uh, some of y'all in here are wanting to change and get in shape. You know, be, uh, summer's coming, y'all. Beach season's coming, y'all. <laughs> You're wanting to get in shape, you know. Uh, there's a lot of work to that, but how bad do you want it? Some of y'all in here are wanting to quit smoking, you know. Some of y'all are wanting to quit smoking. I, I, I heard uh, uh, Joyce Myers, she was uh, preaching, doing something. I was, I was listening, and she, uh, she didn't want to be a smoker. She had smoked her whole life. And she, we were talking about, uh, you know, the power of our words last week. And she, for her, it was a process. She just began to speak over herself that she was not a smoker I can't remember if it was three to like six months time period. I don't know what it was, how long she did this. But eventually she quit smoking. You know, she knew in her heart she didn't want to smoke, but she was addicted. But, you know, what did she do? She used the power of her words to get to that change. Amen. You can do it. Uh, relationships. Some of y'all want to have more friends. Some of y'all want to have better relationships. You know, some of y'all are wanting to change your anger. You're sick and tired of letting anger run your lives. You know, and then... You blow up and then you're embarrassed of the repercussions. Your finances, your job, reputation, that's a big one. Man, before I came down here, I had to literally, I needed to change my entire reputation because I had tarnished my name. But God, but God, amen, he can do it. You know, he, he can restore it, but you can lose it like that. What he's built over seven years, I could lose it like that. You know, so as you're sitting there thinking, what are yours? Maybe it's one thing. Maybe it's a couple things. What are you wanting to change? You know, so as we're going through this today, be thinking about that thing. Can we get that next point? There's good news. That was pretty weak. I said there's good news. You can change. You can change. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor, yeah, we're family here, and say, you can change. You can change. You can change because God gives every human being the power of choice. You got to choose the life you live. Can we look at Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20, verse 19 says, today, say today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. Uh, now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Guys, it's God's will that we get to choose. 
It's his will that we get to choose. Our choices do not supersede his will. Does that make sense? Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? It's his will that you get to choose. Let that sink in. You know, but he honors our choices. And not just here, in heaven. Do you see that? You know, he loves us enough to give us a choice. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, Verse 20, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. That's got to be like a ding, 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 ding. This, if God says this is the key to your life, you think we need to pay attention? He can just give us the answer to the test. And, uh, and if you love and obey the Lord, he will live, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give uh, your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, it, <laughs> I was thinking of it like this. Go ahead, close your eyes, imagine yourself... You get to be God today. Okay, you're the creator, you're the alpha, the omega, uh, the first, the last, and you get to create mankind. It's up to you. Okay? Are you going to create mankind? Are you going to make everybody the same, almost like a robot, and, and, and still this thing in them, a program maybe, so to speak, where they are forced to love you and worship you? Or are you going to do what the real God done, give them choice and a free will to choose to love him. Are you, are you seeing where I'm going with this? Because it, there is, there's nothing like authentic love. My wife, I have the best wife in the world. I know without a doubt she loves me. And there's nothing like that. Imagine what that's like for God when you actually obey and love him and trust him with all your life. What, imagine what that does for him. It's because he knows you're loving him, you've chosen, chose him because you've made a choice. Amen? Okay, so we said that there were four areas of change. We said that uh, our thoughts, our words, our actions, and our attitudes determine our lives. A small change in any one of these makes a big difference. You know, I believe these are four crucial areas. You know, and so the week one, a couple weeks ago, we looked at our thoughts. You know, and, uh, you know, we looked at the, the scripture, you know, do not be conformed to the, the ways of this world would be, y'all know your word, transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind. You know, and so it has to start there, I believe. You know, I believe this is in a great order, too. I'm sure Pastor Keith probably designed it that way on purpose. But it has to start with a thought, okay? You got to tra- train, read. Train the way your mind thinks, okay? So we, we talked about that. Last week, we did an awesome uh, look at our words and the power that our words have, you know? And you can actually speak death over the works of your labor. Our words can sabotage what our hands are actually working on. That was big for me. That was awesome. You can actually be doing what God's calling you to do and doing it, but you're speaking death over that thing and sabotaging the works of your hands. Amen? So we looked at that. And so today, we're going to be looking at actions. You know, and I believe this is the most important part of it all. Because it's one thing to identify what you need to change. You have the thought. 
And it's one thing to begin to say what you need to change, but if you just do those two things, ain't nothing changed. So today is where the rubber meets the road. Today is where you get to work. Amen. Uh, real change requires initial real action. Let me say that again. Real, train, real change requires that we initiate real action. Amen? You know, James 2, 2.26 says, faith without works is, is dead. So it's not enough to just say it, believe it, and do nothing because the word just said, it's dead, right? It, it, there's no change. There's, there's no life. There's, there's nothing. And so can we look at Galatians uh, 6, 7 through 10? Uh, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Okay, so this is God's simple law of sowing and reaping. If you want an apple tree, what do you do? An apple seed, so you don't plant an orange seed, correct? All right, that, that's a simple law. If you sow this, this will happen. And God will not be mocked. It's just as real as the law of gravity, right? The, gravity is a very real thing. If I just, like, fell off the stage right here, I'd probably fall. Well, you going to catch me, Sugar Boo? <laughs> Come on. She'd catch me. But I'm going to fall, right? Yeah, I'd probably squish her. She's pretty small. She might try and catch me. <laughs> you know, but so that is very real. This, this, you got to get that in your heart. This, this thing called sowing and reaping is a real, tangible thing. The things that you do, there will be repercussions. And so our actions have cause and effect, okay? The things that you do will produce a fruit, a thing, something. The things that you don't do will produce a thing. Amen? Verse 8, for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows from the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And so this goes back to what I'm saying. You know, if we want love, why do we plant hate? Why do, we do, why do we do this backbiting and, and, and gossiping and, and snickering? And we want love, but y'all just told me what you plan is what you get, right? So why do we sow hate? Or on Facebook. You know, we, we want to have good works of our hands. We want to have, have great things in our life, but, but we sow laziness. We know what we should do, but we just ain't ready. Some of y'all are in here feeling that way today. You know what God's telling you to do, but you're just like, I ain't ready. We want the truth in everything. Oh my gosh, pay attention to the politics. Political correctness has run rampant and it's tearing this country apart. We want the truth and it's so twisted and we plant deception to get to the truth. We want unity in everything. And we're, and we're full of discord. Full of discord. 
Verse 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. That's the promise I want you all to focus on today. God sent me here to tell you today, don't focus on the, on the, the goal, the thing, the, the, butterfly, the butterfly. You remember Pastor Keith in week one, he said, you know, um, the scripture, do not be a conformer, transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed, the Greek word is metamorphos, which means metamorphosis. That's where we get that, our, our English word metamorphosis. And that's actually, funny, funny enough, that that's what a butterfly goes through to become a caterpillar, from a caterpillar to a butterfly. And so some of y'all are sitting here thinking of, I'll just use this for being in shape. You can see yourself, you want to be this way, but you're focused on that and you're losing heart. You're, you're feeling frustrated because you're focused on that and you're not, you're not enjoying the process. It's a process of change. You picking up what I'm throwing down? It, when I tell you that, you know, that the caterpillar becomes a butterfly, Y'all immediately just think of a butterfly. That's all you see. I know it because that's what I see when I hear it. I, I see the butterfly. I'm not thinking of the caterpillar in the process. And here's another thing he told me. Even when you get to the butterfly, it's not over for us. He's going to find something else for you to change. We will constantly be changing until we get to heaven. Amen? So... Just enjoy the process. Make goals, set them, hit them. Make new goals, okay? You know, it takes 21 days to start a new habit. That's what they say. So 21 days, but if you go back to smoking, that might seem like a long time. They say you get past 21 days, it gets easier. Or if you want to get to the gym, 21 days, not, you, know, you can't go 21 days in a row, you're supposed to go every other but, you know, every other 21 times, okay? And so just don't lose heart, he says in verse 9. And do not grow weary while doing good. Know that you're doing good. Know that the change you're making is going to have a lasting difference. Amen? Verse 10. Therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the, of the household of faith. Can we get that next point? The only way to change your harvest is to change what you do. Y'all agree with that? Yeah. Amen. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Man, I can remember the first time I had ever heard that when I was in Teen Challenge way back in, Mich in Michigan a long time ago. And that, like, I had never heard that in the world before for some reason. But when I heard that, something clicked in me. And I know a lot of us church go and we hear that all the time. Maybe there's somebody in here that's never heard that before. It's my prayer that that be the key, a key for you that can unlock something. Because when I heard that, it was like, well, duh, nothing changed. <laughs> you just keep doing the same thing and, and it's like you believe and you hope that it's just going to turn out different. God is a God of order, guys. You can accept that or reject that, but that's the truth. He's a God of order. You know, and really, nine times out of ten, we already know the right thing to do, right? We kind of, we probably don't need no one to kind of kick us in the right direction. We know what we should do, you know? But as long as we continue uh, 
to fear change, we're going to be stuck in the insanity process. Some of y'all actually fear change. And so I'm going to ask you, look at your neighbor again. (laughs) Say, change is good. And believe it. You got to believe it. Change Change used to terrify me, literally. I've come to a place where I can accept it. It's good. It's a good thing. Can we get that next point? So you sow to the spirit when you do the good that God gives you an opportunity to do. That's kind of a tongue twister. What is Pastor Keith's tongue twister? (laughs) I'll say it again. You sow to the spirit when you do the good that God gives you an opportunity to do. So when we choose to make good changes, we're literally sowing to the spirit and we'll reap a harvest. That should be good enough. Just doing the next right thing, you can be like, God, I'm sowing this up, I'm putting it up, and know that you're living by the Spirit. Amen? That can be enough. Okay, uh, can we get that next scripture? Acts 10.38. Uh, so God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Amen. Being a Christian means being Christ-like. Jesus, it says Jesus did it. He can do it. Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was the son of God. He knew he was empowered by the Father to do a good thing, right? Praise God when he said, "Uh, those who follow me will have to take up their cross Praise God he didn't just say that or think that, say that. Praise God that he thought that, said that, and did it. Praise God. Yeah, that's an amen. Thank you, Jesus, that you actually did what you thought, said, and believed. So the things that you're thinking you want to change and saying about changing, do you believe it enough to do it? Do you believe it enough to do it? I got some more scripture for you. If God is with us, who can be against us? Why can't you accomplish it? I can do all things through who gives me strength. Why can't you? Why can't I? Why can't we? Why? So we get that next point. What action could you take today, this week, this month, that you can make a big difference in your life? So Pastor Keith's been giving us homework, right? So I'm going to stand here and give you all homework too. So you all can flip your sheet over and write four things down. We've been focusing on four areas, right? Personal action, spiritual action, relational action, and financial action. If you all don't mind, can I be transparent with you all and just kind of share share with you some of the things I want to change? That would be okay? So for personal action... You know, I want to change my response to adversity. A couple weeks ago, we went to the A-Day game. Jessica already knows where I'm going with this. The A-Day game is one of my favorite days of the year. We've gone two years in a row being married, and I've gone actually a couple more times before that. Uh, And it's just one of my favorite days of of the year. It's free. I mean, if it's free this day and age, it's crazy. Heck yeah, we're going. It was a beautiful day out. 
We just enjoyed the day driving, getting there. And, well, I thought I was going to be prepared this year for some reason. I'm like, yeah, it, might, it was kind of cold last year, so we're going to bring some hoodies and uh, some sunscreen, and we're going to be prepared. And we're going to stick it in a bag, uh, and we're going to try and get in the stadium with it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, this is probably not going to work. It probably wasn't just me. It was probably the Holy Spirit saying that you ain't going to get in with that thing. Anyway, if you've ever been, you know you're probably going to have to walk at least a mile and a half, two miles to get to the stadium. And, well, we're having a good old time walking that the first time. <laughs> And we get there, and sure enough, the lady says, you can't bring that in. And I'm just like, search it, please. All we got is some hoodies and some sunscreen. Yeah, I can't let you in there with that. Praise God I didn't flip out on her. (laughs) But so knowing in my mind we have to walk two miles back just to put the bag, take two seconds, put it in the car, and then walk two miles back before we're even going to get into the stadium. It's going to be halftime. Anyway, Jessica could tell you my attitude was very bad. I was not fun to be with for the walk there and the walk back. <laughs> oh. And so I need to work on my attitude towards adversity. You know, and God showed me some. The rest of the day was great. We ended up having a great day when we got in the stadium. The day was awesome. But God was just showing me, speaking to me and showing me something. Later on that day in my mind, and I was just thinking, and he said, you know, one day you're going to have kids. You know, and what if your kids were with you, and you acted that way? Not only, you know, it was just me and her, that still doesn't make a difference, but if you throw your kids in the mix, you know, what is that going to do to them? Are you going to, you know, in those moments, I want to shine. Mark Batterson he is an awesome preacher. If you don't know who he is, look him up. He's a pastor at uh, NCC. It's in Washington. Anyway, he, he made this statement. He says, uh, oh, my gosh. Sorry. Good thing I wrote it down. That you're brave. You're brave is someone else's breakthrough. So what if in that moment I was brave enough to just be like roll with the punches for my kids? That's going to have a butterfly effect in their lives that I will never know. Amen? Spiritual action. I want to strive to be a leader. You know, I feel like I don't really struggle with this at my workplace. You know, I want to be a leader. I want to stand out. I want to do that in all areas of my life. But sometimes in the ministry here in church, I'm just comfortable with being behind the scenes. I can be just as easily effective behind the scenes, doing whatever. You know, but for some reason, God likes to call me up here on stage to preach to y'all. And I'll do that with joy. But I have to be on purpose to really reject that passivity. That's a struggle of mine. I have to be on purpose to reject that passivity. And men, we all struggle with that. I think it's a sign of the times. If we want to bring our generations back into the fold of God, we're going to have to be on purpose to reject that passivity. We're going to have to be men of action. Miracles, signs, and wonders are going to follow me wherever I go. In Jesus' name. They're going to follow my children. In Jesus' name. My children's children. Amen? Relational action. I want to be available to any and everyone. You know, I don't want to seem too busy to people for them to seek me out. 
I don't want to have that appearance of, man, he just looks really busy. I don't want to go to him and just ask him to help me or to pray for me. I don't want to, I don't want to seem that way. Because what, what happens then? You're already nipping, the, nipping that in the butt. God can't, can't use you. Well, I mean, it's up to that person to come to you. But if I can limit that, I can be more effective. Amen? And last, financial action. I'm going to say this first before I share mine. If you don't have a budget, get a budget. And I know your flesh on the inside is saying, seriously? Seriously. Me and Jessica just bought a house. Praise God. An amazing house that we probably don't even deserve. When we got engaged, I already had my budget. She had her budget. When we got engaged and met with her parents, one of the first things we did was combine our budget. Okay? And if we had never done that, we would not be able to buy the house that we just bought. God is a God of order. But for, for me, the thing I want to change is I want to make more so I can give more. I want to make more so I can give more. Since I graduated the Sunshine House, I've had three or four different jobs. And when I started tithing, God began to bless it. That's another thing. You need to tithe. Tithe, have a budget. If you do those two things, he will bless it. And so, but each time, as long as I was tithing, each job was incremental better. It was a raise. It was another raise, another raise, another raise. And now I have a, an amazing job. I'm making more than enough. And I know he's going to stretch that and, and, and give me even more so that I can give more. Amen? And so these are just some small, simple changes that I can make. What are some small, simple changes that you can make? What, what are they? Are you, are you taking this stuff seriously? Are you taking it serious? Those who do will see change. Y'all have seen Pastor Keith, right? You notice he's been losing weight? He looks awesome because he took it serious. It's a process. Don't let the, the process discourage you and lose heart from keep moving forward. A small change makes a big difference. This is the butterfly effect. Amen? So next week, Pastor Keith will be back. He's going to preach on attitudes. That'll be a good one. <laughs> I needed to work on my attitude two Saturdays ago. Well, amen. If you would, would you, everyone just bow their heads, close their eyes. God, I thank you. You know, and I just want to speak. Maybe there's someone out there this is their first time, maybe you just, you're here, you, you need the biggest change of all, the biggest change that you can ever make. You want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And I can profess without a shadow of a doubt, if you do that, your life will change. There will be a butterfly effect that will follow you for life. If that's you, if that's your heart, and if God is, if your heart is racing and God is dealing with you right now, I want you to do something bold. It's going to take action, what we've been talking about all morning. I want you to just simply raise your hand. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ today, 
Make that change. Follow him. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Praise you, God. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for who you are, God. I thank you for being a loving father who delights in your children, Father God. And so I just ask a special blessing over each and every person in this room, each and every family represented here today. Father God, I pray that by your spirit you empower them, empower your people, empower us as your children to make a change, Father God to make these changes that you're dealing with us in our hearts, Lord. God, to empower us, to make a change, to not just change us, but God, you see a bigger picture. You want to change our children, our children's children, Father God, our co-workers, Father God, our family members, our extended family members, Father God, our church family. You want to change the world, Father God. So let us surrender to your will, Father God. I ask this. In Jesus' name, amen.